Hello and welcome to our podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Please head to our website for more information on what is happening at Ashburton New Life or to get in touch. One of our team would love to talk to you. Here's today's message. This morning I want to start with a question. And it's this question. What is the purpose of the church? Now don't just, just yell anything out. I just want you to just... Where you are, try and answer that question. What is the purpose of the church? And I believe if we were to take the microphone around, we'd get a variety of answers. But what is the purpose of the church? And I believe if you were to ask a builder on a building site, what is your purpose? They would say to build high-quality homes. If you went up to a waitress in her work and said, what's the purpose of your works, you would say, to give high-quality customer service. But yet you ask somebody in the church, what is the purpose of the church? You're going to get a variety of answers, and some people would even struggle to answer that question altogether. So what is the purpose of the church? You know, the early church, they knew their purpose. It was to spread the good news of Jesus Christ to make disciples, to gather people into a loving community where they could be healed and made whole, trained and equipped, and sent out to start more churches, going out to preach the gospel and making disciples. Uh, many of the books in the New Testament are made up of letters to the church, or could I say they are church plants, to encourage them. You see, the early church knew that they were to preach the gospel, make disciples, establish churches where people could be healed, made whole. These were loving communities where people could be equipped and trained into preaching the gospel, making disciples, and sent out again. Amen. It was very simple. And no wonder most of the known world was reached in just a few hundred years. And yet it's taking thousands of years for the church to bring this home. I think we can get caught up in so many things that we're not to be caught up in. Amen. We're to come back to the roots of preaching the gospel, making disciples, seeing people yes. made whole, healed, delivered, set free, and able to be trained and equipped to go out again. Absolutely. You see, Jesus isn't preaching the gospel here on this earth. Jesus isn't making disciples, he's empowered us to do that. And he's given us the person, the Holy Spirit, to be our helper, our guide, our teacher, our, the one who anoints us and equips us to, to do every good work. Now as a pastor, I have had the honour and the privilege to journey with people as they're coming to the end of their life here on earth. And uh, I think of Hank Van Asperen and Viv Pierce, David Taylor, Rob Davison. And it's been a real honour and a privilege to journey with these people. And what you get to see is their faith come out. And their belief come out. And their love of Jesus just shine out as they just set family members right and just um, like had their final wish that their family would go on for God. It's been a real 
honour and a privilege to, to do that. If you were going to die tomorrow and you knew it, what would your prayer look like? Your final prayer, what would that look like? In John 17, we see the last recorded prayer that Jesus prayed on the night before he died. I'm going to read that to you now. This is John 17, verse 20 to 23. My prayer is not for them alone. I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I am them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Do you notice that Jesus isn't praying for himself? And he's not praying for the world, he's praying for believers. <coughs> he's praying for you and I. Yet we know Jesus loved the world. He so loved the world that he came and died. You know, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son to die for us so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting yeah. life. So Jesus isn't praying for himself, and he isn't praying for the world. He's praying for us, his believers. Why? Because the hope of any community is the believers in that community. We are the hope of the city. Let revival start with us. Here and now, start with us. Let it be us that takes revival. Jesus is praying for us as the community of believers that we would rise up and be the church, strong and in unity together, that we would be the light of the world, that people would see this loving community and be drawn to it, where they'd be loved, healed, trained, equipped, and go out and able to be ministers to preach the gospel and make disciples. Because the hope of any community is found in the believers of that community. The title of my message today is this, Money Gives Power. Money can have power over us and money can also give power to us. Now I'm going to play a word association game. Might be like opposites, but word association. Okay, we're good. You can yell this one out, alright? There is heaven and there is Heaven is up and hell is down. There is the kingdom of light and there is the kingdom of darkness. Oh, good. There is God and there is the devil. Yes, there is God and there is the devil. We could also say Satan. And the name Satan means uh, to go against, to be opposition to be our adversary. So there is God and there is the, the ungodly. There is God and there is the ungodly. There is God and the devil. 
Okay, with that, we'll go to Matthew 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Do you see that? You cannot serve both God and money. Shouldn't it say you can't serve both God and the devil? You've got to choose. Isn't it interesting that we can't serve God or money? Maybe we got that last one wrong. Maybe it's heaven and hell, life and darkness, God and money. Maybe money is a greater opposition to God than the devil himself. I've certainly seen a lot of people leave this house because they're chasing money and not God. Maybe money is a greater opposition to the kingdom of God, or should I say the love of money is a greater opposition to the love of God than the devil himself. You've got to choose, are you going to serve God or are you going to serve money? And I like it in the New King James Version because it doesn't use money, it uses the word mammon. And mammon isn't so much money, but it's the spirit that can attach itself to money, which will make us greedy, selfish, independent, and full of pride. And aren't those attributes of the devil? Independent, selfish, greedy, pride. Oh, no wonder money is so powerful. It's so powerful. Money is a power that seeks to dominate us. Money is godlike. Wow. It can become a substitute for God, and if we're not careful, it will rule and ruin our lives. Money in the Bible is talked about three times more than love. Did you know that Jesus talked more about money than any other subject? Yet God is love. That's who he is. And he talked about money three times more than he talked about love. And he said that my house shall be a house of prayer. And he talked about money seven times more than he talked about prayer. You see... What opposes the kingdom of God more than the devil is the love of money. It can have power over us or it can give power to us. How do we dethrone money and put it in its rightful place? Key number one, we must recognize this, all money belongs to the Lord. The earth and all its fullness is his. The Bible tells us that the gold is his, the silver is his, our souls are his. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Just the cattle on a thousand hills? No, no. The word a thousand is a symbol for eternity or never ending. God owns all the cattle on all the hills. The scripture also tells us that we come into the world with nothing. And we will leave the world with nothing. Because all money and finances belong to God. We are simply stewards while we're here on this earth. We are caretakers, stewards 
we look after finances, but we must first and foremost recognize that all finances belong to God. Yeah. He can give it and he can take it away and then we have money in its rightful place. The next thing is this, money is to be given away. Money is made round to go round. Another word for money is currency, it's supposed to flow. How is it possible to break the substantial power money holds over us? Very simple, give it away. There is a greater power than money and that is the power of giving it away. I want you to think about this. If you are lacking in energy and you want to have more energy, how do you get more energy? You exercise. Isn't that crazy? You give out energy and you get more energy. Isn't that just like the principle of God? What you give out, you get. You give out love, you reap love. You give out kindness, you reap kindness. You give away money, what happens? You can answer that. You give away money, what happens? You get money. You, a man will reap what he sows. Money can have power over us, and money can also give power to us. Money is powerful. Let's just be honest. Money is powerful. Why do we refer to money as purchasing power? Why do we attach symbols to money like prestige, status, glamour, and worth? Why do we refer to currency as the almighty dollar? Money gives power, and money is a powerful tool. Let's go to Acts 4, verse 32 to 35. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own. Wow. But they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them, all that there, there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. Does this look like the fulfillment of Jesus' last prayer? The church in unity, caring for one another, bringing their finances into the house of God, into the church, so that it could prosper and go forth in power. They love the church and are willingly sowing their finances to it to empower it. You see, money gives power. The more finances a church has, the more choices it has. Money isn't bad, it is good, as long as it doesn't have power over us. You see, finances are good. Uh, let's go to Psalm 112 and read verses 1, 3 and 5. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in His commands. Blessed are those who honour God and follow His principles. Wealth and riches are in their houses. 
and their righteousness endures forever. God will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. You see, finances and money isn't bad, because if it was a bad thing, it wouldn't be in the righteous man's house, would it? God wants us to be wealthy. God wants us to uh, have riches. God wants us to be generous with those finances. Our God wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing to others and so that we can empower the kingdom of God. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 And God is also able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. God wants to empower you. God wants to see you blessed so that you can be a blessing to others. Money is a powerful tool that God wants every believer to understand and use it for the extension of his kingdom. When money has no power over you, it gives power to you. We can do more and achieve more with money. Money gives us power to change the world and make it a better place. Money gives us opportunities. Money is a powerful resource that should be used wisely in the right hands has amazing influence and power. A couple of weeks ago, it was absolutely devastating to see the rioting and the looting taking place in South Africa. Would we all agree with that? And uh, it certainly grieved a lot of South Africans that are here today to see uh, their, the country of their birth in such uh, disarray. Uh, it was devastating for South Africans, but just not South Africans, for everybody. Well, to encourage you, uh, from here we sow a generous gift into South Africa. We have a, an elder on our trust board and finance team who has the right connections, and so very quickly we could just sow a very generous gift into South Africa. And what I love about sowing into South Africa, at kind of times, times by 10 or 15, the influence that it can have. But that's incredible to think that we could do that because as a church, we are in a strong financial position. We're debt free and uh, the finances are, are very generous. Like people do so generously into this house. And so that empowers us to be able to do things like that. So if you sow into the house here, you're part of that. You've empowered us to be able to put a blessing and a seed straight into South Africa uh, just where it was needed right at that time. And is, that, is that exciting? Yes. That we yes. can do that? Finances empower the church to reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Feed people, educate people. We are called to reach people of every nation and language with the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And this requires finances. The early church recognized that for the church to grow and to prosper, it takes finances. Through the generous giving of God's people in the Ashburton New Life, we have a big property with many buildings used for the purpose of God. And what I love is this building is continuously used all the time. If you don't believe me, you try and book it. <laughs> Friday night, here we had the Ashburton Christian School Ball. 
On, uh, just last night, we had fusion service here. This place was packed last night with the fusion service. And uh, today we've got two services, and uh, tomorrow night it'll be used for admin, and, and the officers will be used, and then come out for intercession prayer Tuesday night. That will be for the young people with youth. And isn't that exciting that we have a building that's not just used once a week on a Sunday? And uh, isn't it amazing that we own this building and, uh, and we can use it uh, in our community like all the time. It's like a stronghold in the city used for the purposes of God, training, equipment people yes. so that they can be sent out. Your giving allows this church to go forward and to prosper so that we can be an influential force and do our part in winning this town for Christ. For me, it's not about the money, but it's everything to do with what money gives power to. You see, money gives power, and again, I want to honour you all for the way that you give and that you empower the church so that we can prosper, that we can do a Christmas in the park, that we can have 24-7 youth workers in the schools, that we can have pastors uh, on staff and uh, people on staff to do the admin and to train and equip and to empower people and raise people up. As you sow into this house, you empower your local church. And of course it takes finances to run a good local church. And it's uh, great that uh, we can sow into young people because uh, sowing into young people isn't a cost, is it? It's an investment. <laughs> the restoration and development of lives will always cost money. Money gives power. It gives power to restore broken lives. And again, I love that uh, song about our city. Uh, and I might get the band up because I think we should sing that one again today about revival starting with us. Last year we had 29 people baptised in this church. Many more people were impacted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we had 29 people baptised here last year. And if you're part of this church, you're part of that. That's We celebrate that. I mean, I, I love baptisms. We celebrate baptisms, don't we? The devil hates us giving money to the church and to the kingdom of God because it shows our dominion and it makes him powerless. And we are to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, blessed and not cursed. Is that right? Yeah. And so every Sunday morning we give you an invitation to join with us and to sow finances into this church. And if this is your local church, then we encourage you to do that, but it's always by invitation. Jesus freely and willingly gave his life for us. I so love what Murray shared this morning, the bridegroom. Willing to sacrifice, willing to give. He did it freely for us. No one made him to do it. He did it freely. And so giving into this house is always by invitation. And you're free to give or not to give. It's by invitation. It's your free will. 
Uh, we have online giving, we have automatic payment, we have a giving box at the back. We don't have cheques anymore. Those who uh, used to write out a cheque, um, you'll find another way. If that's, that's your heart to give, you'll find another way. But money gives power. And as the church, we are the bride of Christ. And Jesus is coming back for us. You've been to a, a wedding, the groom looks pretty good. But the bride's the well factor, isn't it? Jesus is returning for his bride, which is his church. Who would agree with me that that looks like a prosperous bride? A glorious bride, the light of the world, the city on the hill, attractive. As the church, we'd be that bride, the bride of Christ. He isn't returning for a weak and religious, non-relevant church meeting in a broken down building. He's coming back for a glorious bride. Money gives power. Money is a powerful tool, and I so appreciate the people in this church who understand this continually empower us through their giving so that we can do all that we do. By God's grace, may we continue to have a culture of right-spirited givers. Why? So that this church can enlarge its influence, so that we can reach people, so that lives can be changed. For me again, it's not about the money. But it's everything to do with what money gives power to. It blesses and empowers and strengthens Jesus' glorious bride. Can we stand? Lord, we honour you, we worship you, we lift you up. And we want to be your glorious bride. Lord, we want to be a people and a church of influence. And Lord, we know that revival starts with us. And so Lord, we just ask, Lord God, that we'd be good stewards of everything that you give us. That we would be generous and we would be a giving, kind, caring people. And Lord, I just right now I ask for wisdom and revelation to come. Lord, that we can be your church, Lord, that reaches this city, Lord, we understand that you prayed for us because we are the hope of this city. We are the hope of this community. And may the church rise up and know its purpose in reaching the lost, bringing them into the house of God, where they will be loved, they will understand unity and blessing and be empowered to go out again. Lord, can you empower your church But we recognize right now it starts with us. It starts with us. Let's sing this.